when I'm writing, my process is to not do it for very long stretches of time and think <laughs> about it a lot and really think about it and be like, I need to write. I'm going to write today. I'm going to write and then not do it and uh, have that go on for a while. Welcome and thank you for listening to Almost Almost Famous, the podcast where actors, writers, comedians talk about the ups and downs, ebbs and flows of working towards making this crazy biz and how they're almost, almost famous. I'm your host, Daniel Acker. Today's guest is a brilliant actor, writer, comedian who has starred in Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Good Girls, Perry Mason, and more. It is my good friend, Kimberly Condon. Yo, 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 yo. <laughs> there she is. I'm keeping it, keeping it fresh. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Yeah. I think that's the first time someone's come in with the, yes. with the freshest intro. With a hot yo, yo, yo. All yes. Right. Thank God. Well, I also did want to let you know, I have this really cool little stress ball that I bought and I, oh my gosh. yeah, I would highly recommend this to all your millions of listeners. It's at Target. Mm. It's, um, it's really good for, you know, like writing when you're like Just stuck thinking. on an idea. Yeah. I just wanted to share that because I clearly have ADHD and I have to mention everything that pops into my mind. Yes. For the listeners, that was not in the frame. I wasn't going to call it out, but Kimberly just picked up a very colorful, squishy little stress ball Yeah, uh, that does look tactile, like very fun. Well, on that topic, I guess, aside from buying stress balls, how do you kind of handle the, the highs and lows that can come into this business? Oh, it depends on the day. Um, I'm now in therapy, which I recommend to any and everyone. I'm in talk therapy once a week and um, it's really, really beneficial for me. I'm definitely an anxious person. I'm also now uh, lightly medicated on that sexy Lexapro uh, for anxiety, which I think can be a great tool for people that need it. You know, I also exercise <laughs> and okay. I, I think exercise is really important. Yeah. It's right now I've gotten more into meditation, but it's tough. I mean, it's really a tough biz, hun. Mm. That's, that's, you know, they told us, they told us all along. There was no bait and switch. They were like, everyone was like Hollywood, very hard. And our little, you know, horny 18 year old asses, or in my case, I moved out here when I was 25, but you know, we're just like, yeah, that's what I want. I want it. And it is like super, super rewarding at times. And that's, I think what is a big part of what keeps you coming back because it's like, you have to be so passionate and love acting and writing so much to keep doing it because it's, it's insane to do it otherwise. (laughs) Like if you don't love it with all of your heart, it is just get, figure something else out and, and do it as a fun hobby, you know, like take some classes, do some community theater. But like, if you're pursuing it as a career and as your, you know, again, as an artist, it's, you have to have such a commitment and dedication to it because it is, it's very much a freelance job. It's very much, you know, the kind of thing where you could go months and months and months and months without booking something. So, yeah. And I think that another thing that's, personally helpful for me is like trying to stay in classes. I think taking class can be really helpful to remember again, the like artistry of it and the, and the joy and the love of it. That's not directly tied to just booking, Mm -hmm. you know? So it really is about creating your art in a way that is fulfilling on a deeper level than just based on whether or not you book a job or you make money from it. That 
quarter or whatever. But again, circling back, I would definitely say uh, getting a therapist mm -hmm. is the number one. No, I hear you. I think <laughs> I, I agree. I think it's important for everyone to, it's just nice to have that, that you know, objective person as a sounding board, getting the thoughts out diminishes their power greatly. And yeah. You, you have like, you know, every now and again, like I think every person can have rumination or those negative thoughts. And especially in this business, when it, the focus does get to be put on like booking or how much work have you done or how are you going to yeah. survive kind of feeling? It's nice to say it out loud to someone else. So you can go, Oh, that's intense. That's yeah. a, that's a <laughs> yeah. lot to. Yeah. yeah. And have the reminder that like, not everyone does this. Like this isn't like the, the quote unquote norm. I mean, if that even exists, whatever that means, but this is a, a very challenging job and career path that we've chosen. And it kind of is always that way. I think no matter there, I think there's this sort of seductive fantasy of, you know, when you get to the next level or you get to the next thing, it's going to be like, then I'll be like, and I don't think it ever stops. I think it's always yeah. a continuous. And I, I think it should be really is a continuous pursuit of, okay, well, what's next, you know? Okay. What's next. And I think that's what keeps you living baby. Yeah, yeah. You know? exactly. Well, on that topic of, of kind of, you know, goals and goalposts, do you have moments in this career where you feel like you've, you've hit those milestones or where you've quote unquote made it? Oh God. Well, definitely. I do not feel like I've made it by any stretch. I mean, however, I have had some nice successful things happen. Um, you know, I've been lucky to have more like commercial acting success than I thought I would. That's it's funny. I never really thought that would be a thing, but that's been kind of a good avenue for me. And I've had some, some good luck and some nice um, returns on that. Um, and I've gotten to do at this point, several TV shows as like, you know, having some nice juicy, like co-star roles, you know, I definitely feel like what I've learned is I've continued on and gotten like, just more knowledgeable about all that stuff with casting and, you know, the way that the delineation between like a guest star and a co-star and a, all these things. And it's like, definitely for me, I feel like the level I'm at is like the point where, you know, the next big goal for me would be that I would really love to be a series regular on a television show or sell one of my shows that I write, you know? So it's like, yeah, a hundred percent don't feel like I've made it. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I, yeah, it's like, I feel like I I've had some nice things happen, but I definitely, I don't know if I would ever, I mean, I'm now I'm like, surely there would be some, I don't know though. I feel like I would always be like, there's more to do, you know? Yeah. Have you given yourself though a definition of success? I would, I, I would feel successful if I was a series regular on a television show, even if it was like that is the next step. And that, that's the thing though. It's like it's so mercurial and it's so, or ephemeral maybe is a better word, where it's like, okay, so then you book a pilot, let's say, as a series regular. And that's like, oh my God, amazing. This is incredible. What a dream. Then you're like, oh God, please, please, please go to series. Oh God, please, please, please go to series. Then you're like, oh God, please, please, please get another season. Oh God. And it's like, I think that's kind of always happening. So I don't ever really think there's like a, a long-term, oh, I'm like safe and comfortable thing, at least for me. And I, again, though, I think that's why I, I love it is mm -hmm. like, it's like constantly 
changing. It's constantly, it's not, you know, it's like if we wanted safety and security, we would have probably gotten like, I don't know, engineering degrees or I think that those kinds of careers uh, make sense for a lot of people. And, you know, the people that do them, obviously, hopefully it's something they enjoy and whatever, but I think that there is a lot more security and safety to a job that has more of a linear structured path and like way to success. Yeah. I I don't know. I mean, it, it definitely, there are markers of success that I would celebrate and be super pumped and happy about, but yeah, I think it is it's just kind of a never ending journey. In my mm-hmm. opinion. What do you think it is about that, that you gravitate towards? Cause you mentioned a few times of liking that it's constantly changing or there's other steps and other things to pursue. And you're not just like, and I'm done and I'm working yeah. and that's it. Like, which would be yeah. great, but like what? Right. I think I personally, um, I get bored easily. So I like the stimulation of, even though it like a lot of times, <laughs> can be terrifying it's like I do like the fact that it's like it it does it changes it shifts there's always different things there's different projects there's you're not like okay now I've learned these lines and it's like like for example with me you know I teach and I love teaching and it's a great 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 day job for me um because it's acting and that's really fun but it's you know the same syllabus over and over and over again, which, you know, you find ways to like freshen it up and and make it a little bit different for yourself. But it is kind of that same thing each time. Whereas with like acting and performing, it's, it's never going to be the same. Or even if like, you know, obviously if you're doing a play for three months or something, yes, you'd be doing that same thing, but then it's over, you know, Mm -hmm. and then it's like onto the next thing. So I, I like that. I think, I think for me, it's very mentally stimulating. And I find the, um, I don't know, I, I just also find the like kind of quick but intense relationships actors have with each other. And, you know, in uh, whether it's live shows or like on set, like I just think it's like, it's, it's a very different group of people, <laughs> but it's like, you know, it's a really interesting group of people. And it's like cool to see how, different everyone's processes because it's it's really different mm-hmm. for everyone you know yeah and I like that I like I like that kind of variety I guess I would say do you have like a process when you're auditioning or when you're acting or when you're preparing or even writing when I'm writing my process is to not do it for very long stretches of time <laughs> and think <laughs> about it a lot and really think about it and be like, I need to write. I'm going to write today. I'm going to write and then not do it and uh, have that go on for a while and then finally do it and like love it more than anything and just be like, like, you know, like a pianist at the keys, like, and then um, not do it again for several months. (laughs) No, I actually, I've gotten into more of a groove with writing lately. I've been working on this pilot that I just sent to my managers actually. And, uh, they seem really excited about it, which is very novel. And <laughs> uh, I feel like most of the time when I've sent them things, they've sort of been like, okay, cool. Like, yeah, like keep, keep working on it, champ. You know, and I'm like, I'll set it on fire, you know. Yeah. Uh, so this piece I'm excited about. And uh, so I've been working on it a bit more. Um, and then in terms of acting, I mean, I feel like from doing Sunday Company, uh, something that that 
really helped with immensely um, that I've luckily been able to retain is that like I'm able to memorize lines really fast. Um, and I think I think I was always pretty good at that. I think that's kind of a uh, whatever for however my brain works. I think that's just something I'm kind of lucky that um, I can absorb pretty quickly. Now, mind you, in a week, it's gone or like in a, the next day or whatever, even. So that's been helpful. And then I also um, I started taking classes at BGB Studio, um, which is a place I recommend. I really like the way they teach. It's it's it was nice for me because it was the first place I found where they were like much more, um, I guess, embracing of uh, improv and like, you know, it's yes, you need to learn your lines. It's important to learn your lines, but like, look, nobody books a job because they're word perfect. You know, it's not like the people in the casting office were like, well, we love this performance, but God, she fucked up a couple lines, but this lady really knew those lines. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that was like actually very freeing for me to hear mm -hmm. because I think before that, when I started with them a couple of years ago, I think I would get really in my head about the lines and, and be, and feeling like I should be word perfect. So kind of letting go of that has been really helpful, but yeah, I try to, you know, again, know the lines as best I can, and then really just try to be present in the moment and do my version of it. So, mm -hmm. you know, I'm not like, that's something else that in doing a bunch of casting workshops and stuff, I feel like, and this, the classes that I've taken um, is helpful. Cause it's like, yeah, it's like, they want, they called you in for a reason, you know, it's like, they want to see your version of it, you know? So I think rather than like pushing yourself to do like exactly whatever the breakdown says necessarily, it's like, what's your spin on that, you know, yeah. and not overthinking it too much and just really trying to be present and listen and, you know, be open to like seeing what happens in the audition and playing and having fun with it and not being like, okay, I prepared it <laughs> this way. And then on this beat, I'm going to turn my head slightly to the left and like, you know, give somebody a nod or something. Um, so yeah, that's helpful to me. And like on a technical <laughs> thing, that's kind of stupid, but I find it helpful when I memorize my lines. Now, something I do a lot is I'll do it in a robot voice. So mm. I don't get stuck in like certain cadences or like ways of saying things. So like literally if it's like, good morning, Jerry, I can't believe the office is getting us fresh coffee for the whole office party today. So exciting. Yeah. <laughs> or like, or like in a whisper. Um, and it's nice because it does, it helps you hmm. stay away from that. Good morning, Jerry, you know, or like, so it's not the same every time if you do hmm. some different takes. Now, if the audition calls for a robot, a whispering robot, then you're in trouble. Guess what, babe? I'm ready. Yeah. Then you're like, I've been training for this. Was acting always kind of a thing, like even as a child or was it like a later in life? Like you were Oh like no. For me, it was like literally from the time I was three years old, my mom has like video, you know, I was born in the eighties, honey. It was VHS. Uh, which is like, you know, there's old VHS tapes of me, like doing stupid voices. Yeah. And I always, always, always wanted to be an actor and started doing plays and stuff. And elementary school and in middle school and high school and all that. And then it's so funny though, because like, I think I just got really scared about pursuing it. Like, like when I was graduating high school, I was still super into it. It was always what I wanted to do more than anything. But then I was going to college and I was like, well, time to get real, you know, which like, okay, 18 year old Kimberly. And so my degree is actually in journalism. 
but the whole time I was in college, I was always doing like community theater and I would do like shows at, in college, like at the university through that program. Um, and then I actually got into the drama program. I auditioned at the end of my sophomore year. And so I started my junior year, but it was like going to take me an extra year or possibly two years to graduate. And I was like, there's one thing I know that I got to get the fuck out of Oklahoma. <laughs> and like, I can't be delaying it by a couple of years. So I just, uh, yeah, I just got my journalism degree. Cause that was like the one that I could get the fastest, <laughs> you know, <laughs> on time. And, uh, yeah, but it's, it's always what I loved and wanted to do. And yeah, mm-hmm. like, again, my family, like my mom, <laughs> My mom, much to the horror of my other family members, like one of her favorite games is to make me do like a voice or an accent and then like go around the family. And like nobody else in my family is an actor or performer in any way. They're like lawyers and teachers and, you know, normal people. And uh, (laughs) like she loves for me to do it and then go around and have everybody do it and be like, oh my God. Like just basically like clown on everybody. And I'm like, (laughs) and I'm like, this is horrible. Like, this is horrible for everyone. Maybe most of all me, because you're making me the villain in this. Yes. Like you're the one also like, yeah, everyone try to do this accent, but really like, I don't want to moms. Show show them what it should sound like so we can hear how bad they are. We can hear how terrible the family is. She's so crazy. (laughs) That's so fun. I know. Yeah. But yeah, it's definitely... It was just the way I came out, you know? Mm-hmm. And now did you find like you gravitated always mostly to comedy or were you like yeah. drama? Okay. So comedy was less like. Always, you know? Yeah. Always comedy. I think from a young age, like I found a lot of positive reinforcement about my sense of humor and like making people laugh. And I feel like it definitely was the way that I learned I had like social currency you know I feel like it was like it it was very clear to me very early on like I wasn't like the prettiest girl uh or like the most athletic or and even like I was I did well in school you know like I got A's and B's but I wasn't I wasn't like the smartest like you know top person of the class so it was like I feel like I definitely very much like established my identity as like you know, the quote unquote funny one. And that's how I was able to like gain access into those elite middle school social circles, mm-hmm. you know? And um, yeah. And even like, I remember my dad, uh, he was like vice president of a oil company for a long time. And he would host like a Christmas party every year. And I remember just like absolutely dogging on him so hard, like roasting his ass to an absolute char to like his secretaries. And they, oh my God, they ate it up. I'm like seven, you know, and I'm just right. like, my dad's so fat. Like, <laughs> like, so rude, so rude. And they just thought it was hilarious, you know? So it was like, I was getting, I always got a lot of um, feedback socially that that was, you know, kind of a strength of mine. And so I mm-hmm. think that, yeah, I, th- I think that that was something that was always like, just in my personality kind of, and then- with acting, it was funny because I like really like when I was like younger, I was like, Oh my God, I want to go to Tish at NYU. It's like, Oh my God. And all this stuff. And I remember even like doing, um, like auditioning 
for some Shakespeare things in college and like just never getting it. And I remember I did this um, acting intensive at the National Theater Institute, which is now since sadly uh, gone away. It was like a month long intensive. And we did a lot of classical stuff and like mainly Chekhov. And it was like, girl, same song, different verse. I'm like, what is this? What are we talking about? And the professor literally, she was like this New York woman. And she was like, I don't know. I can really, it's just your voice is <sighs> so modern. And I was like, help me. Yeah. <laughs> what do I do? And yeah. she just was like, she hated me. She had no interest. And I was like, okay. So like, and wow. sometime along the way, I remember reading this article or an interview where Will Smith, not Will Smith. Oh my God. <laughs> Will Farrell was like, uh, talking about auditioning for Shakespeare and just absolutely being kind of like laughed out of the room. And I was like, Oh, okay, great. It's not yeah. just me. <laughs> yeah. You're so, coming into the scenes going, yo, 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 and yo, like, yo, no. yo, 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 it's your girl Andromeda. <laughs> I don't think that's even a person in Shakespeare. No, I um, but I do, I do very much like doing drama. I just would say I, I am more of a contemporary mm -hmm. actor, you know? Right. Yeah. Well, it seems like it, everything you've mentioned is moves you towards being an exceptional improviser, loving the ability to kind of like every scene, every word, everything is going to be different. You're never going to do the same scene twice ever. Yeah. And it's, a good mental exercise it's like a lot of play and a lot of fun and Kimberly if you've never seen her improvise is one of one of the finest improvisers I've seen thank you so much that's so nice that yeah. means a lot to me really I it's it's truly the thing that I love the most I would mm -hmm. say I I find so much joy in it and it's like yeah I think that it's all those things you said of like the mental stimulation getting to play and also to me I what I really love the most is like how intensely you get to connect with your scene partners and just be in that little world together where you are you're just playing and especially when you're with great improvisers like you are there we go there, there we go it <laughs> is. there it is no but you are you're a great improviser thank you and um you know with people who are smart and good at it <laughs> and it's yeah. like to be at that level where you get to play with these people who are so good at it that like, you know, it's like, it just, it's so easy and it's so fun and it like pushes you. Cause you're like, you know, yeah, this is great. Like I, I don't want to be the one <laughs> to shit the bed and drop the ball, you know? Right. Um, but it's a yeah, team sport. What was that? Was it neon Venus? Yeah. The name of that. Oh my God. You remember that theater? And like <sighs> you had to walk through the audience from the stage to go pee like the mm -hmm. bat there was only like one entrance and exit and so like on the stage and yeah. so the people in the audience when they had to go to the bathroom would yeah. just like would just walk past you as you're doing That's this right. you hear the toilet flush behind you <laughs> oh my god and mind you by the way there are like maybe maybe five people in the audience and they're and all like, dating the improvisers yeah and you're like yes more people than us on stage yeah. yes equal yeah. equal or more I, yeah I remember I doing so many shows at Neon Venus and I think because it's improv like you're doing the scene and when somebody like comes up to use the bathroom it's like there'd be so many times where I'd be like oh hey so yeah it's just in the back like I just throw it in 
but it'd be like Jesus, like we're supposed to be in the woods. (laughs) Oh my God. I know, but it is like now it's fun. And it's, that was actually something I was going to mention earlier that like talking about success and I think something that's hard. And especially I think too, like being from Oklahoma, you know, it's like, you're just, you just try to work hard and do your best and you don't go bragging on yourself. And, but if you think about, you know, your like 14 year old self or even like your 25 year old self. And like from that vantage point, like looking at where you are now, I do think that can feel really, um, kind of confidence boosting or like make, you know, it's good to feel proud of how far you've come and, mm-hmm. and what you have achieved. Cause again, in this business, it's, it's challenging and you get a lot of no's. I mean, it's like the majority of what you get (laughs) knows. So it's like, yeah. Like when I think about that, like little 14 year old Kimberly, like if I could have a little chat with her, I think she'd be like, you live in LA. This is awesome. (laughs) Yes. Now with that, what advice do you think Kimberly 10 years from now would give you today? Keep stretching. Literally. You got to keep those limbs limber. Mm -hmm. Um, advice yeah I think maybe just like finding the joy in it and not putting so much pressure on things like it's it's gonna work out everything's gonna work out it's like look we all have those moments when we're like oh my god I'm not even a movie star yet (laughs) so I think it's like just you know I do think it all kind of works out if you're doing the work and you know you keep again like keep writing and performing and being in classes and doing all this stuff. It's like, you know, I think that it's, it's going to be okay. Yeah. yeah. That's very sweet advice. Thanks. Nice to remember. And Thanks. now we're going to switch gears from being sweet. It's time for the, the Rose Raz comment, Rose? for Raz Clifford oh. to come out. Oh gosh. I'm so scared. <laughs> now you've survived a few of these, so I think you'll be fine. Okay. All right. Let's bring out Raz. Come on out, Raz. Raz. Oh, uh, shut up. Okay. Oh, Kimberly, finally, finally, Daniel, Daniel, hello, has a person I respect. Oh. Yeah, because, you know, Kimberly doesn't try to hide the fact that she has no talent. And that, <laughs> that is commendable. She's very upfront about it. Yeah. All right, everyone. Kimberly is to comedy what lunch is to a busy day. It's best to skip it. <laughs> and if you must endure it, make it quick. Oh, oh, Kimberly, I'm looking at my notes. Is this true that you once ate nothing but cat food for a week? Uh, or, or is that just a rumor I'm starting right now? I don't know. We'll see. Let's get it going, people. Oh, Raz. Uh-huh. <laughs> Kimberly once appeared on stage fully nude and the gasps from the yeah. audience. Not because she was naked, people. No, no, no. Because she was just allowed on stage at all. Oh. It really shook the crowd to their core. There's, there was a lot of hate mail that day at the theater. They're like, uh, no thank you to that. <laughs> now, Kimberly has written many, many things. And I must admit, they all make me laugh because it's just so funny that she keeps trying. <laughs> and she's trying to stop me from giving her the razz, but it's too late, buddy girl. It's happened. Oh, You've been razzed. Oh, I got razzed so hard. Dang. Yeah, look, if you see me out, avoid me. I don't want to hear the modern contemporary voice of yours. <laughs> I prefer a more Shakespearean lilt. Oh, sure, sure. Yeah. Give my worst to that idiot husband of yours. Bye. Bye, Raz. Bye, Raz. Yay. Yeah. Bye, Raz. 
Man, when he brought up my um, onstage nudity, I got so scared. <laughs> I was like, oh, this could be a deep cut from Raz. Yeah. I would, I would say, you know, he, he razzed people good, but I, I hope it's never going to be like devastating. You know, you're going to lay in bed at night going, should I die? Just, just looking at the ceiling, like what, what have I done? What have I oh. done with my life? <laughs> no, that I was did. fun. Yeah. That Raz, I, that old Raz. Yes. I got to tell you, I like roasts like on TV. I never watch them because like they really make me uncomfortable. I feel like they go so hard for the jugular a lot of times. And you're like, yeah, like the, the one that I think of is um, Alec Baldwin, who, my God, can this man just stay out of controversy? But he had a roast, I guess. I don't know, Mm -hmm. sometime in the last couple of years and his daughter got up and I saw clips of what she said. And it was like vicious and like too real and also you could tell that's the thing is like clearly they have people writing for them right and so it's like and she's not even an actor she's like a model so it was like Mm -hmm. such a stilted delivery but like the meanest thing you could ever say to your father and then to do it on national television it's like yeah yeah you save the father rose for his secretaries you know that's (laughs) yeah the christmas party baby all right, can we, uh, if not acting, which is what you should be doing and you are doing, Thank you. what would be the other area of interest or the other pursuit? <sighs> well, you know, I've thought about this a lot because sure, it's like at some points you're like, wouldn't it, wouldn't it be nice to have more stability? But again, it's just, you just love it so damn much. I, yeah, so for me, it's hard because like, I think realistically, if there was anything else I could do, and, and love it so much I would do it but like there are things like I've thought about like potentially like culinary school because I do love to cook I feel like mm-hmm. we share that I feel like you're a person who enjoys mixing it up in the kitchen. love it love it I remember those was it ribs you brought for breakfast one time it was for mm-hmm. for a Jewish holiday and you brought ribs to Sunday company I mean, I don't know if I would have brought brisket, ribs for brisket. brisket. Okay, yeah, ribs for a Jewish holiday. <laughs> you're, like, you're like, I got these pork ribs. <laughs> I mean, I don't keep kosher, so I could have, but right. yes, I, I cooked up a bunch of brisket. brisket. For... That's what, and in my mind, I always think of those two things together because you know, barbecue. But, right. <laughs> but no, List, listeners, it was not pork; it was beef. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, those are great. That brisket was great. Thank you. Yeah. So I think about, you know, maybe something like that, but then it's like, realistically, I'm like, I don't want to work in a a restaurant. I worked in restaurants for 10 years as like a server and a bartender. Like, I don't want to go back. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, other things I think like in a parallel universe sort of vibes are like, Mm. I think it'd be cool to be like a yoga teacher. Mm. I love yoga. I love yeah, I can get into a lot of that kind of stuff. Oh, I do think I will say Dave and I went to um, Cabo in October for our anniversary slash his birthday, which yes, are the same day. <laughs> it was so crazy. Uh, but while we were there, we actually, we were wanting to go to this place, but we just ran out of time. But there's like this amazing, it's called Flora Farms. And it's just this like farm and it's a restaurant. And I did have the, like I kept saying to Dave, I was like, what if we just move here? And we get some goats and we have a little farm and I do goat yoga. And so, yeah, like, you know, okay. that that's like, that's always like floating around. 
That could be the golden years. The retirement <laughs> yeah. could just be have a little a goat, goat yoga, yoga farm. Would that not be so great in Mexico? You could come down, stay at the farm. I would. I would love that. I wouldn't want to run it, so I'd be happy to you come, just and could visit come visit. Yeah. When inevitably you are a guest on a late night show, what is a story you'd want to tell? Well, a story I like to tell a lot as like a fun fact was that when I was fifteen, I got to introduce a video on TRL. What? I you don't know this? I don't. Maybe I do. I, it sounds new to me. Okay, so my family went on like no vacations. Like we were not a vacation <laughs> family. This is like the only vacation that. Like one time we went to Disney World when I was seven, and then this was when I was fifteen. We went to the Bahamas. Okay, and no vacations before. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so we go to the Bahamas, and we're staying at the Atlantis, which this was like nineteen ninety nine, maybe two thousand. And that property was like pretty new. Mm -hmm. So it was like super exciting. If you guys don't know that property, it's really cool. It's like a beautiful, huge resort in the Bahamas. Um, and the big thing was like, they have a slide that goes through like a shark tank. It was like the hot, the hot news on the streets. But then it turned out that MTV was filming all their spring break content there, which we of course didn't know. It was just like a crazy coincidence. And so my mom, it's actually really sweet. She would go with me and like, I went to all these like tapings where I was just like in the audience, like, <laughs> like, like it was like one of the shows they used to have where it was like a panel of like three, I feel like Deborah Cox. I know Deborah Cox is one of the people. I feel like Dave Holmes is one of the people. And I don't remember what the, that show was, but it was just like jamming in the audience. Like, you know, me and my 15 year old weird, I don't know. They were like, okay, I guess you can come in. Like, <laughs> And, uh, but it was really sweet because my mom went with me to all these things and we would just like be out in the sun for hours, like watching them film stuff. And, uh, so I was doing stuff like that. And then there was one time where they were shooting, like Carson Daly was shooting some like remote stuff. And there was like a few of us in the background, you know, like in the water, just like splashing around. And they picked this beautiful young woman and the producer gave her the clues that you had to guess to introduce the video, which is something they used to do on TRL. Mm. And they would like give you the videos during the count or the clues during the countdown and you'd guess the video. So this gorgeous, gorgeous girl was also very dumb and she could not figure out the answer. And I'm like in the background, like, I know. <laughs> I know. And so they're like, okay. And so I guess the clues, which I, I always forget the third one, but it was like futuristic and fan mail. Based on those two clues, do you have a guess what the video or artist was? Oof, futuristic fan mail. Mm, okay. Was it one of the boy bands? No. Was it what? A girl the band. girl band. Yes. Okay. I wish I could think of the third clue. I forgot it many, many So times like a, a group of, was it, it was a, a group Des of women. Destiny's Child? Would this have no. been, was it, was it like no. Dream or something? No, it was TLC No Scrubs because their album was called Fan Mail. And in the video, if you remember, they're wearing all this futuristic stuff right. at one point. Oh, wow. Yeah, I would. I Maybe at the time I would have. You probably would have at the time. Yeah. Because you probably like me real dialed into that shit. Yes. <laughs> so I like, so yeah. So like Carson gives me the clues and I get to say it and it's on TRL. And it like, at one point we had a videotape of it and it's since been lost at some point. But I'm like, man, I would love to see it. Just my like awkward little 15 year old girl like I'm wearing to like the weirdest thing because it was like I, my mom is not like a fashionista okay <laughs> and I'm wearing like 
I had a bathing suit, but then over it, I was just wearing this like random shirt I had from like the limited. So it's not even like a swimsuit cover up. It was just like a shirt. So weird. And I remember telling Carson Daly though, that I was like, I'm going to be an actress. And he was like, cool. <laughs> just introduce the video. <laughs> yeah. He's like, we just gotta, we gotta keep going. Yeah. So that's the story I like to tell as a fun fact, but it's <laughs> the uh, repercussions of that now is like, sometimes I'll tell it when I'm teaching. And often now I have you know, young people in classes and they're like, mm, what's TRL? And I'm like, I will kill myself right now yeah. if you don't retract that immediately. Eventually they'll be like, what's MTV? And then eventually like, what's the Bahamas? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the clear trajectory. Like, what's MT- What's TRL? What's MTV? What's the Bahamas? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, Kimberly, do you have anything uh, you're currently working on that the listeners should be keeping their eyes peeled for? Um, yeah, I mean, not again. It's like I've been writing more. So I'm working on my pilot mainly. Um, I Oh, actually, you know, I am doing an improv show. I don't know when this will air. Gonna, probably by the time <laughs> it's going to have passed. Yeah. Well, I will have done an incredible <laughs> improv show by the time. Uh, but usually you can... Um, check out uh, like my Instagram for show information. Uh, It's all kind of usually like more last minute when I'm doing like live shows, but usually they're at Groundlings or I've been doing this musical show uh, with David Magadoff, who is a buddy of mine. um, And that's in Burbank at this little theater. That's really cool. Uh, But he actually gets like a celebrity guest to tell the story of how they met their partner. And then we do like improv based on that. And this one, which again, will have already happened, but I'm very excited about is with uh, Tiffany Amber Thiessen, who we all know as Kelly Kapowski. From wow, that's fantastic. So I'm, thank you. I'm very excited. Are you going to be like, uh, we all know how you met Zach. And- <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be like, hey, Kel. And she's going to be like, please don't. Don't do this. <laughs> Just don't do this to me. Yes. And I'm going to be like, too late. I already did it. Yep, it's happening. <laughs> That's so cool. Uh, Well, what's the uh, Instagram handle so people can? It's at Kimber underscore Condit and Condit is spelled C-O-N-D-I-C-T. Well, that's got that weird silent C in the end. Mm -hmm. Well, that's fantastic. Uh, Check out all those improv shows uh, and check her out uh, on all the commercials and television work that she's crushing and doing. Uh, And thanks so much for coming on, Kimberly. Thank you so much for having me. This was so fun to get to chat with you. I miss getting to see my buddy. I know it's been too long. And thanks again, listeners, for listening. I'm your host, Daniel Acker, and this has been Almost Almost Famous. 